Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. It's Off the Edge. I'm Cole Marino, joined inside by Alex Jones. What's up? What's up? Hey, guys. Lovely Tuesday afternoon here in the Magic City. Beautiful afternoon. Mm -hmm. If you're tuning in on Facebook Live, tune in at Blaze Radio, wherever and however you may be listening. Maybe you're listening to the podcast Mm -hmm. after the show's been already recorded. Alex, we got a loaded show again. We do. Another loaded show. We do. Um, and man, it, what a time in sports because there's so many headlines going on. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things going on, and uh, the headlines just are just surmounting here before football season. We love what we got going on. Uh, football season is just two weeks away. We got McGregor Mayweather coming up next week. Yeah, man. You know, NBA trade rumors just continue just to keep flowing, and this yep. the off season moves that have been happening this summer. Baseball is picking up. Yep. You just got everything that you can possibly think of. Oh, it's a lot of stuff going on. It's a lot of stuff to talk about. But we start in kind of a territory that, like, you know, and this pertains to a lot of millennials, a lot of college kids. You know, we're college kids. Yeah, we are. And, you know, Drew, Drew, our lovely producer, also on the show as well, cannot forget about getting a shout-out to him. Absolutely. We're all college students, and um, we all went to high school, and we all there was always that one kid, I think, in high school. And, you know, I don't know if you were that kid or if you were in the, in the other category, but there was kids in high school who made C grades and B grades. Okay. And then there was kids that made B-plus grades and A grades. And okay. one of the kids that was B and C grade kids, they made fun and picked on the guys who made the better grades. Right. Said they were kiss-ups. They, okay. you know, they, they were they were student te- you know they, they were the uh, the teachers' pets and whatnot. Okay. And when and in college when if, you have the if kids, that's going on in high school, then dude, like grow up. I mean, yeah, I mean, but but you know my my family always taught me you know you work smart, mm-hmm. not hard. Right. Always. And then you get to college, and you know you take ACTs to get into college, mm-hmm. and there, there's those guys that make the thirty threes on the ACT. Yeah, that wasn't me. Yeah, that wasn't me either. <laughs> And you have the guys that make, you know, the 22s of the world, the 23s yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And what do they say about those guys? Oh, he's just lucked up. Maybe he's just a more smart and efficient test taker than you. Smarter. So, so we had, so we had in, the, in the NBA this week, Dante yeah. Jones okay. comes out and calls out Steph Curry. Yeah. And I think this was just hilarious. And I, I start the show off this way because I just think that this story is kind of just – it's silly – Mm-hmm. It's it, it it's kind of I don't know a shot towards a guy who's he's a veteran. Dante Jones is a veteran. Dante Jones he's been in this league for a long, long time. Yeah. And Steph Curry is I think we both can agree a top ten player for sure. Um, <laughs> he doesn't though, does he? No, I mean I mean obviously, and, and I I sometimes wonder. Do you think that veteran players? Is it possible that some veteran players? are kind of jealous or they don't like this easy way that Steph Curry kind of plays the what, the game of basketball because yeah. he has really changed the way we look at basketball. I mean, the thing about it is the NBA is moving towards a more perimeter-focused game now. Back in the 90s, back in the 80s, it's extremely physical. You couldn't win unless you had a solid big man on your team. Uh, who was strong enough to get rebounds and boards and also, you know, put back some slams nowadays. Now now everybody has to be able to shoot a three-point shot. Yeah. You're seeing the one through five have to have that skill now. You go and look at a team like Minnesota, for example. You get me? With uh, Teague, Butler, Wiggins, Gibson. Carl Anthony Carl Towns. Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. All of them 
I'm not going to say they have great three-point shots, but at the same time, they have to be able to know how to do that, and they all do. That's the type of game you're moving into now in the NBA. And you look at Steph Curry, Mm -hmm. and he's speeding. I've never seen a player that shoots so quickly into the shot clock. Right. This guy is taking five seconds into the 24 seconds and just jacking up a shot. Absolutely. And most of them are going in. He's a very efficient shooter. And I think that is where some of this criticism of some of these players is coming from is because he is changing the landscape of basketball because now you have a ball-dominant point guard who is making very efficient shots. Mm -hmm. He's taking the threes. Mm -hmm. He's got the crazy handles, but he's not super athletic. He's not. He's not, but I think one of the things that Damari Carroll plays for the Brooklyn Nets now, he always says is that hard work is a talent. Give me Steph Curry works very very hard. That's not a a shot he was just born with. That's yeah, something he no, perfected. No, nobody obviously. gets the gift of being able to shoot thirty footers. Yeah. from you know he outside. Taught the three himself point. the handles, man. Because I mean, who who would have thought that Steph Curry would be a two time NBA MVP when he got drafted out of Davidson? Exactly. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, Steph Curry. Everything, he's a gym rat. He's a gym rat. Steph Curry. Everything Steph Curry is doing is because Steph Curry taught himself how to do. He wasn't naturally gifted like a lot of NBA players. And 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 Dante Jones, you know, like I said, a veteran. He's played for seven different NBA teams. Yeah. And as for his first career, he's barely averaged over five points. Mm-hmm. Oh, and only started for a whole season one time. You know, I'm not a Dante career. Jones fan. Dante Jones is the one who kicked out his leg. To twist Kobe's ankle, man. I, no, oh I, man, I do not. I do not like Dante. I know Jones. that bears hard with home at home with you. Of as, course as, it as does, far as man. The Los Angeles Lakers. Of course it so, does. Big Kobe Bryant fan over here. Huge, huge Kobe Bryant. So fan. anytime there's a shot towards Kobe, I'm sure Alex is just. Like, I mean, I don't like your, when people intentionally hurt other people as well. Oh no, that's I, why I, I'm never a fan of. I that. wasn't a huge fan of what Zaza did to Kawhi. But, yes, you know. Yes, and I didn't think he was as dirty at first, but then I was like, eh, you know what, maybe. And again, I, I, I think this is just like we always talk about. These are players in in the league that they're just they're transcending and they're they're making differences. They are changing the way we look mm-hmm. at the game. You know, you look at LeBron James, he changed the way we look at big physical athletic players. You're like, this guy could average thirty five plus a night if he wanted to. He could. He could. But instead, what does he do? He averages twenty five and gets his ten assists. Yeah. Twenty five, ten and eight, you know. There are players that just they do different things. They're not they're not like Kevin Durant that are that are big time killers and just can just like, you know, get their points whenever they want to and just they just score. They're not just scorers. They are facilitators. They are difference makers for mm-hmm. their ball team. And so I think that there are different players and then you have Dante Jones who calls out Steph Curry and he's just playing a smarter and more efficient way of basketball. He's not going in the paint. He's not. He does drive to the rim occasionally, and he has been a really good finisher in this league. Yeah. But I think that Steph Curry has really changed the way we look at the point guard position. Okay. And that leads us to what we're about to do here. We're about to do a top ten. Since Dante Jones doesn't think that Steph Curry is a top ten player, me and Alex have created our own yes, top have. ten. And our own uh, Drew Warren is going to get ready our top ten rankings. Yeah. And here we go with... Number 10. Number 10. All right, I don't know where you're going to go with your number 10 pick, Alex, but I am going to go with 
Anthony Davis mm, at number 10. I think okay. he's definitely a top 10 player, but after his latest season, it's, it, his production and what he's done with the Pelicans, I like when he came into the league. He kind of shocked the world. He's like, oh, man, this guy's really good. Okay. Developed a consistent jump shot from the perimeter. I think this guy's a good and upcoming talent. I think he's got a lot of upside, but I need to see a little more from him. I would have put him in the top five if he had the, you know, the way he had the first two seasons, but the last right. few years it's kind of been like, eh, okay, where are you at? Yeah. Okay, number 10 of a rising star in the league. Quick, quickly going up on the ranks. Giannis Antetokounmpo, man. Giannis Antetokounmpo had a fantastic NBA season last year. The only reason people didn't talk about it as much is because he plays for Milwaukee. He was the only player in the NBA last year to finish top 20 in each of the five statistical categories, which is points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals. That's pretty impressive. Giannis Antetokounmpo... Uh, and and what's so crazy about him? He's like a a seven foot point guard, man. He 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 may not be done growing. He's only what twenty two years old, twenty three years old. The sky's the limit for that guy. He's number ten. For on him my to list. be as long as he is, that is it is really r- ridiculous how coordinated he is with a ball in his hands. Yes. I will say that. Let's let's move on to our next ranking. Number nine. Number nine, I actually am going to put Damian Lillard at number nine. I think he is a very good talent in this league. Very underrated shooter. Yeah. Uh, got, got some pretty good handles. He's a good finisher in the lane. And for Portland, he really is their focal point offense. They, they you know, it pretty much runs through Damian Lillard. And you need in this league now a guy who is willing to take big shots. Absolutely. And Damian Lillard is a guy who does not mind putting the team on his back and saying, you know what? I'll take this shot. I will be the guy that lives or dies by this three pointer. You know, okay. he won that. You know, he won that Houston playoff series that one year in the first round with that with that buzzer beater, and that was a very impressive shot. And I really give a lot of credit to Damian Lillard. I like him a lot. Okay, number nine. I'm also I'm gonna go with a point guard as well. Damian Lillard was just outside of my top ten on this one. I'm gonna go with an underrated guy that a lot of people won't have in their top ten, and that's John Wall. John Wall for the Washington Wizards. Um, what can I say about him? He's a baller, man. Uh, dude, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the leaders in assists last year, but he's also a scorer. One of the fastest people in the league, if not the fastest person in the league, with the ball in his hands. And he's clutch. Go watch uh, Eastern Conference Semifinals Game 6. Who who else could hit a three like that uh, for on that team besides John Wall? You know, when they won 92-91 over the Boston Celtics. John very Wall. Very impressive shot. Yeah, one very, of the, one very One of the biggest moments shots. for John Wall's career, probably. Absolutely. John Wall is definitely in my top ten. All right. Number eight. Number eight, it was a very – this is where it gets kind of tri- tricky mm-hmm. because, you know, you're kind of approaching the top five. So you got to yeah. get, get the guys who you think are getting towards the top five. They're yeah. making that push, but they're just a little bit outside of that. I went Draymond Green at number <laughs> eight. I don't, really, I don't really like some of his antics and some of his style yeah. of play. But he is very valuable. The mm-hmm. guy has a lot of defensive value. He, he focuses a lot on his defensive game. I think he might be one of the biggest players for the Warriors. Now, of course, you know you look at the scoring from Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. You're like, oh, come on. He, he, he can't be bigger it's than easy, them. Yeah. But he is, in his way, is his emotion and his high energy really fuels the Golden State Warriors. And he really was the reason why Kevin Durant, I think, really grew up mm-hmm. as a player this season because he was always in his head, always talking to him, saying, you know what, you got this, KD. Yeah. And he was one of the guys, I think, that really recruited Kevin Durant to mm-hmm. the Warriors. So I think Draymond Green's passion for winning puts him in my top ten. Okay. Draymond is also number eight on my list as well. Uh, Draymond is, I think— 
the best defensive player in the NBA. I get if you say Kawhi, I mean Kawhi is a better perimeter than Draymond Green. I may agree with you on that. If you say Rudy Gobert is a better post defender than, but total wise, total wise, yeah, he Draymond. overall he's the best defender in the NBA. And on the offensive side, he's really what makes the Golden State Warriors go. We talk about if if Golden State was a car. Does that make sense? You have. Kate. We've had this conversation. We've before. had this conversation, yeah, yeah. yeah. KD, Steph, and, you know, Clay Thompson, they are a Lamborghini. Does that make sense? They're the finest cars, you know, known to man. They're what makes that car beautiful. They're the reasons that they are $400,000, $500,000 instead of a $20,000 car. However, that car cannot run without an engine, and Draymond Green is that engine. He's the Energizer he is Bunny. The energizer he is definitely bunny, man. that. I give he's, you. He's not a bad. I'm, he's not yeah. gonna. He's not gonna get twenty points a game no. for you, know. But at the same time, nine points a game with eight rebounds and seven assists is pretty solid. And not to mention, he you put him on everybody's best. Everybody's best player. He's the best defender on the team. You he's gotta the have a Draymond Green on your team. You have to. Every every championship team I've noticed has a guy that's like Draymond yeah. Green that sacrifices his body and puts it on the line for on the defensive side and kind of is that energizer bunny. Yeah. Number seven. Number seven, I went Kyrie Irving. Now mm. Kyrie Irving is borderline top five. He's got every bit of top five talent, but this latest talk about him wanting a trade, it kind of demands me his commitment to the team, and that kind of worries me how how good of a team player he is. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have some question marks there. I'm waiting to see how where and where he ends up and see how he transcends to another team. Mm-hmm. I think the trade will be made eventually. I don't know when, but I think it will eventually come around. But Kyrie, obviously, huge talent in this league. That game seven shot obviously puts him in the top ten somewhere mm-hmm. in people's lists. Okay. Uh, it's one of the most memorable shots in finals history, I think, because it – you know, basically got Cleveland the yeah. championship. Uh, and I think Kyrie Irving, Uncle Drew's got unbelievable handles. He's got clutch shot making. He can basically get his shot whenever he wants to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Kyrie Irving, definitely a top 10 guy. But top five, I think, is kind of pushing because there's just, there's just so much talent in this league right Absolutely. now. It's, it's hard. But his lack of defensive capability sometimes concerns me. So that's yeah. why I keep him out of the top five. Yeah, and uh, actually Kyrie's lack of defensive capabilities is actually what keeps him out of the top ten for me. Wow. I know. Um, ten through eight were the ones I was debating on. Giannis, John Wall, Draymond. You know, I was still thinking about Kyrie, CP3, uh, Damian Lillard. You know, uh, you still had DeMarcus Cousins and Carl Anthony Towns on the outside oh, yeah. as well. Number seven through one, they were pretty solid. I was like, I know these – this is exactly how it's going to go. Number seven for me is James Harden. Uh, James Harden had a monster year last year when they gave him, you know, the responsibility of dribbling the ball up the court and running the offense under Mike D'Antoni. He was unbelievable. Uh, how many points? Like twenty nine points a game and like ten assists a game. Oh yeah, as ridiculous well. numbers. Ridiculous numbers. And it was unbelievable. Actually. And I, I really thought Houston was going to regress after Dwight Howard left, but I mean he he made it look easy out there. One of the best step backs in the game, if not the best step back in the game. A very, very good three-point shooter. Probably top five three-point shooter in the NBA right now. James Harden, number seven on my list. Number six. Number six, I went James Harden. (laughs) Number seven, I went number six because, again, his his lack of defensive ability kind of concerns me at times. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what keeps him out of the top five. But you cannot ignore the season this guy had last year. It was just for him to make the move from, you know, I'm going to be a scorer to I can be a point guard as well and get the assists. And, man, some of the passes he was making last year 
was ridiculous. I mean, right. it, it was fantastic to watch, and him maneuvering in that D'Antoni offense looked great. I think James Harden fits it well. Now, I'm really concerned to see how him and CP3 kind of mesh together this season and how he's going to get his buckets and how he's going to run the offense because if you're going to have CP3 running the point, that might make James Harden kind of make his abilities kind of hindered a little bit because mm-hmm. last year we kind of saw him be unlocked a little bit with his abilities. So... I don't know, but I think number six is a comfortable spot for me because yeah. I don't want to put him in the top five just yet. So let's see what he does next season because I, I like to see players who are consistently good. Mm-hmm. If he comes out next year and has just as good of a season or you know maybe kind of that kind of year, I think we can put him in the top five. After okay. Actually, after this, I'm assuming that our top five is probably the same where we have the exact same players. Probably. Number six, I'm going to go with a guy you mentioned earlier, and that's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is to me the best big man in the NBA, uh, bar none actually. Um, Fantastic defensive prowess. He's like a seven-foot small forward, basically, with that wingspan. is just ridiculous, but he can also, you know, take people to the rim as well. It's it's unbelievable. Ridiculously strong. I mean, he is the face of the New Orleans Pelicans, even though DeMarcus Cousins is there. What can you say about Anthony Davis? He's actually, I think he is the guy, if you ask me who would I build a team around today, he would be number one on my list. Wow. He 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 would be up there. I don't know if he'd be number one, mm-hmm. but he would definitely be up there for sure. Yeah, he'd pr- he'd probably be number one on my list. Number five. Number five. All right, this is where we kind of have to start splitting hairs because mm-hmm. top five. It's like you know everybody's good in the top five. Right, everybody's. But, but now you have to find what you don't like about the guy because you like everything about these guys in the top five. You got to figure out what you don't like about them. Top five. Oh, man, it's it's tough. I'm gonna go Kawhi here. <laughs> I, I I mean like, but I I wanted to put him at number four, number three, but number five seems like a good fit for him. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked, and I saw Kawhi kind of open up his offensive game last year, mm-hmm. where he kind of said, you know, I want to run this offense through me. Yeah. I want to take all the big shots, and I saw Kawhi just take over a mm-hmm. lot of games, especially in that playoff series against the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And, a, and, of course, we saw in Game One against the Warriors, Kawhi was going off until obviously the injury came about. So I think Kawhi. Now combined with his defensive ability, because he has fantastic defensive ability. Yeah. Now he combines with a very he's a very efficient three point shooter now. Yes. Kawhi has really upped his game and I like it. I think he, he could potentially be top three, mm-hmm. especially when when we see the LeBron James decline kind of go away. I think Kawhi is gonna be that number one, number two guy eventually mm-hmm. in the NBA. Yeah. Right now I think I get number five is a safe position for him. Yeah, I have Kawhi at number five as well. Uh we're talking about the best perimeter defender in the NBA. Um, no question. Best cornrows in the NBA, obviously, <laughs> as well. But um, it's funny because Penny Hardaway said on him this week that he's like, I don't think he's a superstar. Yeah. I don't think Kawhi yeah. Leonard is a superstar, not because he's not great or anything, but because he doesn't want to be. Because he's so laid back, he doesn't really want to be the face of a He franchise. is very laid back. He's I extremely laid back. Yeah. So I get, I get what he's saying. But at the same time, you cannot deny that this dude is a baller, man. He is the San Antonio Spurs right now. Tim Duncan gone. He is now the face of the San Antonio Spurs. Take Mr. Big Shot. I've never seen a guy play so smart in just a year that he did, especially in that playoff series against Houston. Just go look at him making big shots and then running down behind James Harden to go and swat it. He he might be the best two-way player we have right now. He probably is the best two-way player we have. Just because of LeBron James' age, I'll give him that. But Kawhi Leonard, definitely. He's probably the best two-way player we have right now. Kawhi Leonard, definitely number five on my list. Number four. Number four, so we're getting really close to the top five. I went Russell Westbrook at this Mm. position. Obviously the MVP of last year's regular season, and he's just an unbelievable talent in this league. I, now, the, the, now, I was going to put him in top three, but last year with him leading the league in misses, and obviously the turnovers were up, 
That's what concerns me with Rep, with Westbrook. Mm-hmm. I think he is unbelievably athletic. The guy is probably the best finisher in basketball right now behind LeBron James. And he, and he's getting kind of better at his shooting, but he needs to stay away from the three-point shots. Mm-hmm. Way too many three-point shots if you're Westbrook. Obviously, he needs more help. Obviously, he's going to get that from Paul George this Definitely. year. You know, Patrick Patterson obviously signed with the Thunder as well. So I think Westbrook will be even better this year. I think he'll have less turnovers, have to take less shots, and he'll be able to do more of what he does best, and that's passing. He is a very, right. very good passer in this right. league. So I think Russell Westbrook is a good number four for me. Okay. Number four, I had Wardell, Stephen Curry the second. Uh, Stephen Curry is absolutely top five. I don't know what Dante Jones is talking about. However, Steph Curry, we're talking about the best three-point shooter ever in history. We're talking about a guy who – whose handles are ridiculous, probably second to only Kyrie Irving's in the NBA maybe, or Damian Lillard, I don't know. But this dude is a baller. We just mentioned how how much of a gym rat he is earlier. And one thing we don't focus on, how great of a finals he had this year. He had a fantastic NBA finals, averaging 26 points a game, 8 rebounds a game, and like 9.5 assists. That's ridiculous. He is number four on my list because I just feel like these – the top three just it's just it's, it, there's no debating yeah it's just no debating so I have a one. feeling that I know who your number three is going to be so let's let, let's find this out real mm-hmm. quick you want me to go first number three my number three is Russell Westbrook I, I, I my number three, three is go. Russell yeah. Westbrook I have to give him credit for what he did especially after KD left OKC to go to Golden State that's one of the best if not the best NBA season I've ever seen in my life he was doing everything for that team. It would be one thing if he was averaging a triple-double and his, he was averaging 10 points, 11 rebounds, mm-hmm. and like yeah. 17 points a game, you know, or, I mean, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, and 17. This dude was averaging 31 points mm-hmm. a game. He was oh, the yeah. league leader in points. It was, and it was top ridiculous. five in yeah. assists and one of the best rebounders in the game. Unbelievably ridiculous, especially with a, a, a ridiculously – depleted OKC team as well. That team didn't have as much talent as they usually did in the past. Russell Westbrook, hats off to him. You can hate him as much as you want. You can say he whines too much. You can say he turns the ball over too much. But, man, you got to give him credit for what he did last year. Russell Westbrook, number three. I think so, too. And now let's go to our top two. So I think you kind of pick and choose. So I I know your three is Steph, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, I totally forgot. Since you went first, you just, it just threw me off. Yeah, number three, I had Steph Curry. And, yeah. and just like the thing you just said, best three-point shooter, obviously, in the league right now. Yeah. Arguably in history, maybe not even arguing. Maybe it's just go ahead and just give it to him. He is the best in history. Changed the league. I think he's one of the most likable guys mm. in the NBA. Dante Jones is is crazy for calling Absolutely. Him. Because the only argument you can make is is whether he's top three or top four. Like 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 we're sitting here, you know, debating that right now. Right. There's no debate of top ten. This guy is maybe a top ten player, pushing a top ten player of all time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, one day we might have that conversation. It's it's just so ridiculous. This guy, the 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 ability to get his shot off whenever he wants to. Is just it, it just amazes me. This guy will take shots, and you're just like, there's no way he can mm-hmm. make this. Yeah. And he drills it. He does. It's 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 fantastic. So I I just I don't see how he can't be top ten. But anyways, let's go to our top two. Number two. I put Kevin Durant at number two. Now the finals the finals oh. performance was really good, and I I almost put him at number one because I think last season he was better than my number one. And obviously we all know who the number one is going to be. Number two, I think is a good spot for him though because 
I need to see him do it again. Okay. Uh, just like I say with with James Harden, and I'll say with Russell Westbrook, I got to see consistency because one criticism I'm always about is one year wonders are a thing in mm-hmm. NBA, NFL, MLB, whatever you have it. You know, we I think it's unfair to call KD a one one year wonder though. No, but now that he's in that new situation, I mean, obviously, I could say, we know he can ball. Yeah. Obviously, we know he's top five player. But if he wants to make that jump to number one, if he wants to pass the man, the myth, the legend at, at for number one, I need him to do this consistently yeah. over a few seasons. Okay. So I want to see what he does next season now that all the pressure's on him okay. because this is his team, I feel like. Okay. I feel like after this finals, he said, you know, this is my team going forward. Okay. You brought me here to do this and make tough shots. Okay. So we didn't have the top five. I, I originally thought, okay. Number two on my list, Paul George, man. Paul George is the second best player in the NBA. Now I'm just playing with you. Wow. It's definitely Kevin Durant. Kevin I thought Durant. you were so serious when you said that. I was like, wow, I don't know if I can finish this no, show. No, 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 no. It's Kevin Durant, man. Kevin Durant had a monster season last year. You could argue that he came in and was the best player on the Golden State Warriors last year. But he proved that in the NBA Finals with just how clutch he was. And to me, he outplayed LeBron James, uh, especially like on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Kevin Durant became a better defensive player, which I really was proud of. I said yeah. that that was something he's had an issue with his career. You know, I wouldn't say he was mellow bad, but, you know, he wasn't great. He was okay. Now, now he's becoming a better Mm-hmm. perimeter defender which yep. is very very good and then he's doing the stuff that the slim reaper naturally and does. that's what i was going to mention was his defense was spectacular mm-hmm. in the finals and i think the ability to trust his teammates more than he did in oklahoma city on the defensive side allowed him to play better defense mm-hmm. i think he just wow i mean like he was the he was the center sometimes for the, for the golden state Warriors. it was it was incredible what he was doing down there in the paint so I think we're going to go to our number one, and I guess this is just – it's inevitable that we're going to agree on this one. And number one. It's LeBron James. It's, yeah, I'm hoping that's the, that he's number one on your list too. I got Lonzo Ball. No, I, I mean, hey, one day now, one day that we, that could be accurate. But, I mean, like it just it just amazes me. The offseason and just the hatred and just the slander thrown towards LeBron James is just – it just amazes me because this mm-hmm. guy is still the number one player. He is still the best and the best talent we have in the NBA. Yeah. He is the only guy right now that we can honestly say make the argument for top five all time. Yeah. He is the only current player right now that we, that we consider maybe pushing Michael Jordan. Yeah. So, I mean, LeBron James has to be number one. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he's still this good at the age he is. Mm-hmm. It's really incredible to yeah. watch. And if, if you haven't been really appreciative of LeBron James, please, if you're watching this and you haven't watched LeBron James play, if you've been just completely under a rock for the last 10 years, watch this man play basketball. Okay. It's just fantastic to watch. I mean, obviously number one is LeBron James. You know, uh, we're, we're talking about a dude. You go back and look at his first year in Miami versus now in Cleveland. And it's actually pretty obvious to me. It is obvious to me that he regressed. He is not as physical. 
and he's not as fast as he was in Miami, and it still doesn't matter. This dude is the best player. Maybe in the not NBA. as fast, but would you could you make an argument though that LeBron James is more efficient? Oh yeah, in Cleveland now he is than and, he was in Miami. And I'm, I think the reason why is because number one, his mental toughness is better, and because he's smarter. He's the smartest player in the NBA. Um, his, his his court IQ is is unbelievable. Unreal. We're, we're talking about a dude who is about 6'8", 260, who can still run the floor really fast and make that outlet pass to Kevin Love in the wing. It's unbelievable to me. And then at the end of the game, he's still that guy you need to have the ball in his hands. Go back and watch that game against the Washington Wizards where he nails a bank three on the side with great defense, by the way. That One was, of the best plays in the NBA last year. That was the most unrealistic year, shot I've ever yeah. seen. Like, like when I watched it, I was like, there's no way this shot's going to go Absolutely. But name me a player in the NBA who makes his teammates better like LeBron James does. LeBron James is... You can By make far. an argument. You can make an argument about some players, but I, I think he's number one. I, but I, I think it's clearly he's number one. Yeah. I think Kevin Durant is close. I think he's that makes his players better. No, I'm just saying on on top ten altogether. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm saying top ten altogether. I think Kevin Durant closed the gap last year because he came out of his shell defensively, mm-hmm. because he stepped up in the finals, because he got there and he kind of he outplayed LeBron for, mo- for most of the finals. Coming back into Off the Edge, I'm Cole Marino, joined side Alex Jones. Yep. Again, it's a Tuesday afternoon here, lovely afternoon here in the magic city of Birmingham. And again, like we talked in the first segment, uh, a lot of times we as college students, we want our voice to be heard. Mm-hmm. We have, obviously, this platform, we Absolutely. have a way of making our voice be heard. In the media, they have their voice heard through Twitter, through social media, uh, TV, radio. There's many different ways that people have their voice heard, and especially in this time and age, there is so much media coverage through everything with protests, what's going on in the news media, and what's going on on all kinds of political talk. There's just everything in between. There's people that want to have their voice heard. And I think there's, there's three things that in life that people strive to do. And number one, they want to make it to a point to where they can have their voice be heard. Whether you're a millennial, whether you're a college student, a high school athlete, a pro athlete, it doesn't matter who you are, you want your voice to be heard. You want to make it to a point to where you feel like your voice is heard through many different outlets at the highest platform. And I, leading into this conversation, Michael Bennett and Marshawn Lynch over the, the last weekend sat during the national anthem. Yeah. And while I this is this is my thing towards them. I love when players voice their opinions. Yeah. I love when players have the ability to protest and put themselves and let their voices be heard. I think it should happen all the time. Okay. I think I am in full support of guys like Josh Rosen coming out and saying, Hey, I think that school and playing football, it's hard. It's hard to do. And and Alabama, you know, having their scholarships, it kind of hinders other colleges because they can't get scholarships like they can, like at Notre Dame, like at Duke. They can't get the same scholarships like as Alabama because they're letting guys in with bad scores on their ACT or they're not really (laughs) good students or something like that. I'm okay with guys voicing their opinion. If you have an opinion and you back it up, like Michael Bennett, he came out and explained why he sat during the National Anthem. He came out and told about how he wants there to be more love and justice in this world and in the nation. And yeah. I like it when a guy comes out and talks. Yeah. I think it's great. But I will say this. I'm in full support of players believing in their opinion, but I am also in full support of there being repercussion okay. for what you say. Okay. 
because there is at no point in anybody's career will there be a not be an effect for something that you do. Everything that you do in this world, there's a cause and effect to it. Okay. So what should be the repercussion for Michael Bennett sitting or kneeling? Oh, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that there should be a – I'm not saying punishment. I'm saying, though, but if you're – he's made it. Once you make it and you start voicing your opinion, I think that's totally fine. Because okay. Michael Bennett has made it to the top. He's making his money. He's a great NFL player. Okay. And he's voicing his opinion. So only that is good, good NFL players can voice their opinions. No. I'm saying, though, a Josh Rosen, though, who voices his opinions about Alabama and about school and, and uh, football, NFL owners, some GMs, they might be like, you know – He's very talented, but does his talent outweigh the fact that he is very outspoken? I'm not saying that it's the, that it's always the right call. I'm saying, though, I am okay with an employer looking at – like if me and you go apply to a job. Yeah. And they look at me and your social media pages. Yeah. And they see all – and they see maybe me just like totally just taking shots at a, just a bunch of people on my Twitter, just like yeah. you know, totally just abusing my voice and whatnot. I have that right. But they also have the right to say, you know what? We don't want a guy that's going to sit there and just, you know, blast anybody that he sees fit. We want a guy like maybe like Alex, who's kind of quiet on his social media page, kind of just retweets stuff, kind of just talks about sports. He's not very vote. I'm just saying, I am for all four guys voicing their opinion. I love. I, now maybe the national anthem isn't the right place. It's kind of a touchy subject, you know. I mean, it's 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 kind of a gray area for me. But I'm all for guys voicing their opinion. Okay. But I do believe in the fact that there should be repercussion for anything that you do because that's just, that's just life. Okay. That is always life. There's always going to be a cause and effect to everything. All right. My piece. If words or how people take a stance on something is what bothers you specifically, you need to grow up. Not you, Cole. I'm just saying like period as an owner. It, I, I've told you numerous amounts of times how it still baffles me that Colin Kaepernick has no job. Okay, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen wasn't saying anything ridiculously controversial at all, honestly. But if somebody says, you know what, I wouldn't jo- draft Josh Rosen, but I'm still thinking about drafting somebody who's got a domestic violence charge, or someone who's who's committed a robbery, or a sexual assault, especially. And but but. People standing up for beliefs and saying, hey, injustice is injustice. I I can't deal with that attitude on a team. You're despicable. And see, and I get you. I'm not saying that that's okay. What I am saying, though, is let's say a team is splitting hairs between Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. I draft Sam Darnold, but keep going. Obviously, Sam Darnold is more talented, but I'm just saying, though, just for the just for the debate of argument, mm-hmm. let's just say a team is splitting hairs between Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. Okay. One thing that's going to come up is Josh Rosen obviously is not afraid to voice his opinion. Yeah. Sam Darnold has been relatively quiet. Yeah. I'm not saying that I would evaluate a player this way. I know. I'm saying, though, that em- employers and owners – they think differently. It's all about the money. It's all about attraction. It's all about how you are going to be portrayed. I'm just saying that there is going to be effect. There's going to be some effect to what you do. That's so bottom of the list to me. It is, honestly. That's such a non-issue, I, I guess is what I'm saying. 
I mean, of course, it obviously matters how you play, but if if that's what you believe, if you you did question Josh Rosen, what questioned how good Alabama's team was if they raised the SAT scores, so what? Like, that has nothing to do. I'm not with saying it matters. Though. I'm just saying though he yeah. did voice his opinion. You don't see Sam Darnold going out there and saying yeah. that. Now, as far as the national anthem thing with Michael Bennett, Marshawn Lynch, right? Marshawn don't really care what anybody thinks. He's been I, doing this for 10 years, according to him. I have no issues with either of them sitting during the national anthem at all. You you clearly see, especially after the effects of this weekend, how important, how prevalent racism still is in America today. All right? And you you wonder... I actually saw people on social media say they're just voicing their First Amendment rights for people who literally believe that others are lesser because of the color of their skin. However, you also, but you have a problem with someone kneeling or sitting down during the national anthem. Because it's a respect. I get it. And this is not, this is me as an African-American saying I'm a proud American. You feel me? Yeah. But go back to 1945, 1940s through 45, where you had black soldiers fighting in World War II, fighting for their country, and coming back to a whites-only water fountain, whites-only bathrooms, and people still calling them the N-word to that day. And, and and again, I, and this is this is what I, this is the stance I'm going to remain with, and I'm going to remain consistent with this is that I, I don't I don't think that it should play a factor into how we evaluate players. But I do think though, if your talent does not outweigh mm-hmm. your voice, Kaepernick still should should have a job though. I'm just saying, but keep. I going. need him to speak up. Kaepernick. I have not heard from Kaepernick at all during this entire offseason. He knows. At least Michael Bennett, at least he came out and he talked about it. I am all okay with a guy who wants to take a stance and back it up and talk about it. I haven't heard anything from Kaepernick. If I don't need to hear anything from Kaepernick. If Kaepernick really wants a job in this league, why is he not talking about it? Why is he remaining mutual through this whole, he this said, whole process? He said, yeah, I would love to play in the NFL again. I haven't heard anything from Kaepernick. I haven't seen anything. And I guarantee ESPN would be covering it if he did talk about it. If Colin Kaepernick was opening his mouth right now, ESPN would have a microphone in his face. Kaepernick I'm sorry, said, they would. They asked Kaepernick, Kaepernick, would you like to play for the Baltimore Ravens? He said, I would love to play for the Baltimore Ravens. But where, but where, was, where was the mic and where was the press conference? Where was, where was the media? It was a big deal. It was a big. I remember reading it. There was a very undercover conversation between him and John Harbaugh, I believe, and him and Ozzie Newsom had a conversation as well. I think it was a very low key conversation. I don't think it was made public, and I don't think Ka- Kaepernick's comments were made public either. Okay. Again, I'm going to remain with the same consistent stance. I don't think that anything going on is right. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. All I'm saying though is, yeah. if you're gonna voice your opinion, because there's consequences for us. If me and you go out here on on this on this and we make some kind of statement that's too egregious or whatnot, mm-hmm. there will be consequences for us. Yeah, there there I I am all for like I said repercussion against anything. If you make an egregious comment or you say something that's a little too bigotry or whatever, I think that there can be and should be repercussions. And the way I say the way I think is if you're 
you shouldn't there should be absolutely no repercussions whatsoever for somebody who basically makes people more aware of what's going on. And I agree with that. No, see, I don't think there should be anything yeah. against these players sitting for this national anthem. I, yeah. I agree with them. I, I am pushing if, for that. If a, rookie, if a rookie does it, if a fourth-round rookie does it in the NFL, he sits during a national anthem and you kick him off the team because of that, that's an overwhelming factor, then you are despicable. I'm just saying. That makes no sense to me. I, I'm, I get you. But you have in in this in this business and in any business, mm-hmm. how valuable are you to the team to the corporation? If you're and okay, look, let's just play this way. If you're a Russell Wilson, okay, and you mean everything to this team, and you make an egregious comment, some of the owners might be like, "Well, he can play football. This guy's a dang good quarterback." But if you're a guy who's just barely making the roster. And you make a comment, and and you can't back it up on the football field. I'm just saying. I, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's 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 a reality. You have got to make sure that your platform meets the need of your voice. If you go out there and you can't back up the fact that you are a player with a big enough platform to make this comment, you've got to realize there's going to be a fall for it. I don't agree with it. I'm just saying that it's going to happen. It is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. If me or you go to apply for a job and we're not up the totem pole uh, high on the job, if we're yeah. just on the level of you know just starting off and we make some comments to the owner about some other people, they're not going to have that hard of a time to just say, you know what, just leave. If you if if you don't like it that much, then leave. And I I, I, I look, I, I'm not saying it's right. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that that's where we are. Okay. And so the the anthem protest, I'm kind of past it. it it's like you know. I'm 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 for the guys doing it. If they want to do that, then I, I want them to exercise that right. Yeah. But I'm just saying for like the guys like the Josh Rosens, the Kyrie Irvings who express their opinions and want to go and be, you know, individuals, they want to be separated from everybody else, just watch out. Be careful what you wish for. If you want to separate yourself with your voice, if you want to separate yourself via separating from LeBron James or a trade, if you want to stand alone, that's fine. But just realize there will be repercussion for it. There will be consequences for it. Kyrie Irving could get put in a bad situation with a a team that's maybe not really any good, a 30-win team. Josh Rosen might get drafted in the – he might not get drafted in top 10. He might go 15th, 16th, wherever you might put him. I'm just saying I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think it's a reality. And a lot of players have to realize that. Now, the Michael Bennett's and Marshawn Lynch's, they're safe. You want to know why? Because they're they're top five players in, on their teams. And they realize they can do that. They have the platform. They have made it. They've got their money. They have made it to the top. Mm-hmm. And they're exercising their rights. But I think there are some guys on in, in the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, whatever you have it, they're like, you know what? I got to make I gotta make paychecks. I got to put food on the table for my family. I can't make these kind of comments because I can't risk it right now. I haven't even made it on this team yet. Right. I, I'm just saying for some guys, situations are different. Some guys have to play it safe because they're trying to put food on the table. And I think that's where we are. I, I, I think that Kaepernick fits in that category. And I, I think Kaepernick is a top is, is at least a top 40 quarterback in the, in, in the NFL right now. I can't name you 35 quarterbacks better than Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, it's impossible. 
But the but the thing of the, the matter of that is it, it's a different subject, obviously. But Kaepernick's only open door, it seems like, is injuries. If there's an injury to a quarterback, it seems like that's the only yeah. gateway that he could get that conversation. But when you go out there and you wear the Fidel Castro shirt, that turns off the Miami deal. I I, I really do. I think that kind of burned that chance of him even getting considered for the Dolphins. But I think they considered him. They did. Then they considered Tebow too, and you notice Tim it, Tebow it's is so not funny. How crazy! Like all of this stuff that you we bring up falls by the wayside. How many people actually remember the Fidel Castro thing? Obviously, the Miami people do. I, I, I don't think I that was the social media. A lot of Miami people that were like, you know, I I can't I can't go with this. I can't roll with this. And you know, bring out the fact that they considered Tim Tebow. You know, I think Tim I Tebow. Tim Tebow, but. Hey, I, I would have too. I think it would have been a very attractive move for a Miami. He's a Florida native, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it would have been definitely attractive. But, again, Tim Tebow is a Hollywood star. This guy's huge. Mm-hmm. Could you bring him in as a backup? No. Not because he's making any kind of – he's not out there partying and he's a Johnny Manziel type guy, but because his brand is so huge. He has the brand of a starting quarterback. Not a backup. Yeah, he's And likeable. Colin Kaepernick does not have the brand of a backup quarterback. He has the name and the brand of, of a, a starting starter. quarterback. And there's nowhere for him to start right now. And that's just where we are. Sign Kaepernick 2017. <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> Segwaying into the next topic here. Yeah. And, and, this, and, and so that was, that, that was, that was kind of heavy. That was good conversation. And I, mm-hmm. and, I, and I love, obviously, having conversations like that with you. Because, yeah. you know, me and you, we have good conversations. We you know, do. Late, late, late night on, on Madden or 2K, me and yeah, you have had yeah, some yeah. really good conversations. It's, it's two different perspectives, well. which I respect. Exactly. So, yeah. and, and we both can respect each other and both can listen to each other Absolutely. You know, and, and, and see eye to eye at least a little bit you know yeah. and i know we disagree on a few things you mm-hmm. know but but you know i think for the most part we can look at each other and at least see the other one's point of view. absolutely so well sometimes moving moving forward into nick this, this next topic it's it's really important for me because it's it's coming next week is the fight it's it's finally here <laughs> what we are what we are waiting for i know quite quite the segue right yeah but this is how i'm going to tie this into it is because you see the guys kind of voicing their opinions and kind of giving this kind of, you know, hey, I'm going to I'm going to control what the media talks about, mm-hmm. and I'm going to control what everybody thinks about. Because sometimes in the media, it's not necessarily what you want people to talk about, but just get them to think a little bit. Absolutely. So I believe in the last few weeks, we have seen Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather kind of play mind games with the media and their fans. You okay. S- explain. You saw Floyd Mayweather throw out that he's old. I don't know if you saw the Stephen A. Smith interview that Floyd Mayweather had. Did you? Did you? I catch didn't watch any of that? it. I did not watch okay, it. Okay, so he has an interview with Stephen A. Smith, and he goes on for forever on this one question of how he is lost a step, how he is old, and how he has lost a step and just not as good as he once was, and he's forty. He's got some age on him, and yeah, how Connor has the edge and whatnot. This is Floyd Mayweather realizing that right now the fight is not selling right now. Tickets are not being sold out like they were. Right now, I don't know if you know this, but the Triple G and Canelo fight the following weekend after Mayweather and McGregor is already sold out. And Mayweather yeah, but how and much McGregor, are those tickets, though? It doesn't matter. Hey, this is supposed to be the big-time spectacle, though. This is McGregor and Mayweather yeah. on the primetime platform. I mean, it was just such a big... 
It's so different from Mayweather Pacquiao, man. I, re- I remember that day vividly, Mayweather Pacquiao, because that day, that was the Kentucky Derby day. Because I'd never seen this before in my life. I saw a headline talking about private jet traffic because everybody was flying from Kentucky to the fight in uh, Vegas. Uh, Tom Brady was hopping off of his like hopping on his private jet from the Kentucky Derby to go to Las Vegas. It's amazing to me. But um, I guess the reason we don't talk about this as much is because I think we all know what's going to happen. There was a – I genuinely believe there was a legitimate chance for Manny Pacquiao to defeat Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. I am not confident at all in Conor McGregor to beat Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. I don't think anybody is at this point, and that's why they're not buying the fight tickets. Absolutely. But the thing about it is it's like when when you – did you watch Mayweather Pacquiao? I did. Before that fight, you were thinking, you know what? Pacquiao may give this guy a run for his money, you know? It seemed like a more fair fight. Yeah, I I will agree with you on that. We like this fight just because of the talk. Yeah. When, When they get in that ring, it's probably going to be pretty obvious. But I think at the end of the day, the UFC Corporation and the boxing guys have yeah. kind of had talks with Floyd and Connor like, hey, we need you guys to sell this fight a little more. Yeah. So what did Floyd do? He comes out there, kind of tries to give Connor the edge, and then what does he do? He comes out and says that he wants to change his boxing style all of a sudden. That's not happening. Of course it's not going to happen, but it's Floyd trying to persuade the fans that all of a sudden he cares about what the fans think. Since when has Floyd ever cared about what his fans think? Never. Never. He cares about winning and money. That's what he cares about. Yeah. And then Connor comes. But that's out. the thing. He Floyd will not. Floyd would not take this fight if he thought there was a good chance for him to lose. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Floyd, there would there would be no way. He he thinks okay, this is going to be my fifty and zero, and I'm and going to. How much make, money did you say this, uh, that Floyd could possibly win out of this fight? Mayweather is expected to make. At least a hundred million, but his take could balloon to four times that much if the event hits all of its monetary Ridiculous. metrics. Which it won't, but still probably around two fifty, two sixty would be my guess. He, the purses could be as high. Floyd could make four hundred million from this fight and McGregor could make one hundred twenty seven. It would be a fantastic number too. Yeah. That won't happen. He'll he could he'll probably make two fifty, two sixty. Yeah. Which is a lot of money. I mean, right. who, who wouldn't go and practice and fight for thirty six minutes for two hundred and fifty million dollars? Yeah. So, and 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 then on the other side, you have McGregor. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw what one of his sparring partners called him. They referred to him as the biggest dirtbag he's ever met. Okay. One of his spar, sparring partners from a few weeks ago came out and said this, and you know. Neither of them comes off as extremely likable, though, Carl. No, but, but but this is my thing. When you start seeing these headlines come out, you can't help but just think, wow, this is getting really desperate. They must really need a lot of help to sell this fight. Oh, no question. It's not going to have as much clout as the other one did because, once again, the majority of people who watch this fight are thinking – Floyd's not going to lose. And then you had uh, Polly Malignaghi. He came out and he had the video released of him yeah. getting knocked out as a sparring partner. He was supposedly mimicking yeah. Floyd Mayweather's fighting style. And yeah. he, he gets knocked out on the Twitter video. Then he responds and says, oh, come on, man. Why would you put that on the video or whatever? He, right. and of course, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, leaked like, out words on that Twitter. But you know. I'm going to compare it this way, okay? 
you're a Patriots fan. If the New England Patriots, right, play the let's see, uh, I'm trying to think. If the New England Patriots play the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl, you would watch it, obviously. Course. And I mean, you're going to watch because you're not a casual NFL fan. I'm saying the casual football fan would watch that because they don't know who would win, right? In the Super Bowl, right? If the New England Patriots played the Alabama Crimson Tide, okay? I would watch it. I mean, yeah, you. It's your region. It's these are your teams, of course. Obviously, I think any football fan would tune into. Any it, to be football with you. fan anybody... would watch it. Yes, but at the same time. Everybody can pretty much predict that outcome. I think at the end of the day, this which is... which one would you rather watch, Patriots Packers or Patriots Crimson Tide? Maybe that's a terrible analogy. See, but. no, no, it's not a terrible analogy because I think th- I think what the Patriots and Alabama thing would be would be just like this Conor McGregor and Mayweather fight. It's not really a boxing match. It's a it's like a sports experiment. It is. It really is. They are testing the waters of a UFC fighter going into a match in which he yeah. probably has no chance because what I would compare this to is is a triathlete versus a sprinter in a forty yard dash. Yeah, the sprinter is going to blow him away. Now, if you if you add water and climbing to it, the triathlete will clean up. Absolutely. But this is a world class sprinter against a world class triathlete, and the fact they're, that it is they're is, running a sprinter's game. They're running a sprinter's game. Mayweather is just he has dominated his sport for forty nine times, and you're telling me a guy who's never boxed before is going to come and beat a guy who's I'm telling you he's going to slip the up, sport. Man. He's going to slip up. Watch. McGregor? McGregor's going to slip That's been up all the talk. They, they think that he will. Like, the instincts will kick in, and he'll just go to his UFC fighting ways. Mm-hmm. Which which would be tragic. And and then you hear the talk about them talking about going down glove sizes. I mean, like, this is just getting kind of like a circus match. It's ridiculous, man. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. It wasn't marketed as well as the last one either. It wasn't. I it, mean, how long? It was kind of last minute. Kind it was of like, kind of last you know, minute. They, I feel like they didn't really have a lot of structure to this. This was kind yeah. of like they were waiting for Mayweather to agree to it. And then when Mayweather finally agreed to it, I think he got it all together. And they were like, oh, man, we got we got to rush and get this together because football yeah. season is about to start. Absolutely. And once football starts, it's king. Nobody yeah. keeps up anything after that. Absolutely. But at the same time, think about how how early did we know about Mayweather-Pacquiao. It was like a f- six months, like five, six months before. Really long It was a long time. time. They had prepped Perfectly for it, and Mayweather's uh, always been particular about agreeing to stuff because you know with the Pacquiao fight, what, what was it? He was always bothered with the drug test. Yeah, he kept saying, you know, pass a drug test, we'll fight. Yeah. Oh, I mean Mayweather wait, waited. Mayweather is very controlling of things, and Absolutely. so I, I think his comments that he made really shows that he's changing his motive for one reason, and that's because they cannot sell the tickets. And I, I looked it up. Right now on Ticketmaster, there are seats that are under $3,500 now. Yeah. Only $3,500. Yes. It's still, ridiculous. I mean, that's still tuition, but... I mean, that is ridiculous. So we, we have went so long today. We got Daily Edge news coming up after this, and then we're going to close this show out. So we got Daily Edge news coming up, and then we'll get our thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott and the suspension just handed down by Roger Goodell. That's all coming up next. I'm off the edge. All right, now we're going to come back with some Daily Edge news with our producer, Drew Warren, reading some Daily Edge news for us. Daily Edge news. All right, so Justin Thomas over the weekend wins the PGA Championship. 
Where is Justin Thomas ranked among today's top golfers? We talked about this at the beginning of the show, and you know, I I don't I don't keep up with golf as much as I used to when Tiger yeah. Woods was playing, obviously. But I think there are some tremendous talents in the PGA. Now I don't this is no particular order, but I think that Justin Thomas is probably maybe pushing the top ten. I think he's been a consistent golfer, but I don't know if he's really that I don't know. Isn't this his first major he's ever won? Yeah, it is. So, I mean, I, I don't think he can get in that category with, you know, the Rory's of the world, the Jordan Spieth's of the world, and the Sergio's and whatnot. Yeah. But I think that if, if you look at the top five, you have a bunch of talented guys, but there's really not a guy that has separated himself from everybody else. And that's what I think golf is struggling with. They need golf strives. If you look over the past few years, the decades and whatnot, golf strives from guys who are dominant. Golfers, Arnold Palmer's, the Jack Nicklauses, the Tiger Woods, the Phil Mickelson's. They need a guy that separates from the pack, and right now they don't have it because Jordan Spieth is talented, but he doesn't have that it factor, I think, to separate himself from everybody else. Okay. I mean, I don't keep up with golf as much either. However, first of all, congratulations to the dude from the University of Alabama. Roll um, Todd. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he's not Rory. He's not Jordan. He's not... Dustin Johnson, even. But I mean, he's he's getting up there. I think he's a budding superstar in the world of golf. Uh, and I, I think the PGA Championship, that's a huge deal, especially. I, I will say that this year he has been very consistent. This was actually his fourth win on the tour this year, but it was his first major. So maybe I think he's just now starting to peak, but I think we're going to see him do a lot more of this over the next few years. So we could see a lot more from Justin Thomas. Could see a lot more from him, and we'll see how it goes from there. But let's let's go ahead and toss that story. All right. The NBA schedule for the regular season has been released. Which game are you looking forward to the most? Christmas Day, man. <laughs> Christmas Day is going to be absolutely amazing. I'm sure the Cavs and Warriors naturally play on Christmas Day. Yeah, they're playing on Christmas Day. The Cavs and the Warriors are playing on Christmas Day. Um... But that that whole day is just a that's one of the best Christmas Day lineups I've seen in a long time. Because I mean, honestly, I just wanted to watch one game on Christmas last year. This year, I want to watch all five. The Seventy Sixers and the Knicks that morning on Christmas morning. I mean, the Knicks probably will be terrible, but you never know. They may have somebody who plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers now on that team. Yeah. Uh, Very and then, true. Of course, you know we're trusting the process here as well with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Dario Sarge and of course Markel Fultz. Mm. But Cavs Cannot Warriors. Wait to see that. Cavs Warriors, big game. Uh, the Wizards and the Celtics, always a a big deal. Because Gordon Hayward now the Celtics. Gordon Hayward now with the Celtics. Watch. Yeah, I mean that's always just a big rivalry, and especially because of, of how closely they played in last year's playoffs. Uh, Minnesota at the Los Angeles Lakers is going to, is a slept on game, but. You never know. Lonzo could be fire, and I think Minnesota is one of those teams that really could. Not going to say they're going to beat them, but they're going to give the Warriors some trouble this year. And then, if I'm not mistaken, the last one is Houston at. Probably the Clippers. Yeah, no, it's like Houston at OKC. Yeah. That would be a good one to watch, too. Yeah. Remember, huge playoff deal last year. Chris Paul's a uh, Rocket now, and then Paul George is a member of the OKC Thunder. Man. Looking at the schedule, there are two games that stick out to me. Number one, the first game of the season when Lonzo Ball straps up the Lakers. I am going to be glued to my TV. I don't know where I have to go to watch this game. I don't know if it's going to be on a national television or ESPN. It's got to be on something, though. So I will definitely watch that game. That will be 
amazing to watch. Cannot wait to watch Lonzo in action for the first time. And I'm very interested for Paul George's return to Indianapolis. Mm. I want to see how the Pacers fans react and bring him in. Do they welcome him in? Or is it more of a boo? Because, I mean, let's be honest, Paul George didn't necessarily want this to happen. I think I think he I think he wanted the trade, not necessarily to the Thunder. Yeah. So I think if you're the fans, I mean, do you are you mad at him? Are you? I, I don't know how he will be received. I'd be mad in at him. I'd be mad at the, the Pacers front office because they got a crappy deal back for him. You got Sabonis and Victor Oladipo for Paul George, and not not even a draft pick along with that for Paul. No, come on, man. They're we'll not going to be happy at all. Either way, we're looking forward to the NBA season. It should yeah. be good. Let's toss that story. Cristiano Ronaldo suspended for five games after shoving a referee during the first leg of El Clasico. Too harsh or too lenient? Now you're the one. You're the one who pushed for this story, Alex. What what, what went on in this Cristiano Ronaldo thing? So uh, he got a red card for diving, uh, apparently. And then he got mad because he didn't realize what the call was for. And then when he got the call, they gave him a red card. He kind of shoved the referee. He kind of gave him a little love tap, uh, as I call it. It's way too harsh, man. And and the reason I say it's too harsh is because I don't condone, you know, pushing officials or anything. But at the same time, it was a terrible red card call. Number one, because El Clasico is probably the biggest rivalry in soccer. If not, it's probably, like I said, the biggest rivalry in soccer. Who doesn't want to play in that game? Not to mention this... This red card not only does it mean you get suspended for that game in the next one too. Yeah. So, and this was just the first leg, so that means on Wednesday you can't play in that game either. I would have been mad too. I look at it this way. I think refs are kind of that that one boundary you just can't go go through. I think it doesn't matter who you are, what sports you are. I think the refs are the one thing that you cannot touch. We see it in baseball all the time. The second that you go after an umpire, yeah. you're out of the game. Yeah, you, we saw Steph Curry when he challenged, when he threw the mouthpiece, kind of went after the referee. In the, but he was already finals. out of the game. He was already out of the game, but I think that kind of enhanced it a little bit. Yeah. And we've seen the NFL when guys kind of get in the face of referees. The head coaches, of course, when they kind of step on boundaries, step on toes. Referees and officials, are they're kind of a funny game. It's like you want to criticize them and you want them to be held accountable, mm-hmm. but the second you wag your finger or you lay a hand on them, it's all bets are off. Absolutely. And I think for Cristiano Ronaldo, what you have to realize is he is a big-name guy. He's the so best does, soccer player. He is one of the best soccer players we have seen. And so when he starts to get fired up, when I think the expectation for him is a little bit higher than some of the other guys. So I, I don't I don't know. I can't really weigh in on the suspension because, you know, as uh, all the latest suspension we've had, I've, I've been kind of like, you know, I mean, is that worth it? Is it not? I don't know. So I, I think for me, five games – Maybe a little petty for the push. I saw the push. It was. It, it wasn't even that much of a push. Yeah, like he a didn't tap. push him on the ground. But again, once you cross that line of talking to an official and engaging with an official, yeah, it's a different ball game. So I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe five games too much. Maybe three games would be better. Yeah, I don't know. But not even one at all. But toss it true. All right, number one recruit Marvin Bagley the third will reclassify to 2017 and sign with the Duke Blue Devils. Does this make Duke the favorite to win it all? Probably. I think so. Yeah, probably. And and the reason why is because just look at how ridiculous that team is going to be this year. Um, now, mind you, Duke did lose in the second round to South Carolina last year. South Carolina team that made the Final Four. That was a great defense. It was a good South team. Carolina team, though. Not a bad South Carolina team. Oh, it was a top five 
South Carolina. Their defense was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. But uh, just look at look at guys that they'll have this year, which is it's just unbelievable, man. Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen's back. Marcus Bolden is coming. Is going to be back. Uh, you know, you got you still got Trayvon Duvall, who was who he and Colin Sexton were fighting for that number one point guard title in in high school. Um, you got Wendell Carter, who's one of the top recruits in the nation as well. And then you got this guy, who's the number one top number one recruit in the nation for 2018, coming to reclassify for 2017. Just too much talent on that team. But also, with that being said, when Duke has that much talent, and when you see guys like they have these three of like the top five recruits, they always come and disappoint. Go look at last year; they had Jason Tatum and Harry Giles, who were like one and two. And second round exit, so you never know. I think Duke is one of those programs where you always consider them a contender. Absolutely. But I will agree with you. It seems like when you have the more talented Duke teams, yeah. that's where you see them disappoint. And I think that's a lot of times with all these teams. Kentucky, yeah. UCLA, uh, you know, you, the list goes on and on and on. North Carolina and, and, and uh, Duke, especially. When they have all those five stars, they have all those talents, that's when we see them yeah. fall. A lot it, of times. I think it depends on who's the leader for them, specifically this year. Like, every team needs a leader. I think last year, North Carolina won because and Gonzaga made it to the national championship because they had guys who were experienced leaders that could also play Maybe basketball. not the best players, but yeah. they were more experienced, like you Absolutely. said, and they were more committed to the team. <laughs> you know, you had your Joel Berries and your Justin Jacksons and your Nigel Williams-Gosses, but... This is a young team. I, you could you could make the case, I guess, that Grayson Allen would be the leader. But at the same time, can you have a leader who is honestly, in my right, immature and always getting in trouble for tripping somebody or stepping on somebody? I think so. you're right. Let's toss that story, Drew. It's now time for the 2K18 ratings to be released, and players are excited to see their avatars. Who's been the most overrated and underrated so far? Hmm. <sighs> overrated star. Let's see. So... Have the ratings actually been released, or is this kind of not like a... all of them? But you know how people like players will ask for their ratings. And See, then... because I've I've seen Madden's ratings, and I and I, I completely disagree with a lot of their ratings. Now, as far as two K goes, now last year they had was it? I, I'm guessing LeBron James was like a ninety seven. Was it ninety seven? Ninety six. Where was Steph Curry on that rating? I can't remember. I, I know think what he, he was. I think he was like a ninety five or something like that. Steph's in his... ninety four this year. He's a 94 this year? He's a 94. The biggest player names that have been released so far. Steph's a 94. Kawhi's a 95. KD is a 96. See, I think Steph, I think I think if you're talking about underrated, I think Kevin Durant's a little underrated. 96, I think he'd be pushing 97. They don't really 97. do. There's no 99s for common players. 99s are, are reserved for your Michael Jordans and your, yeah. I, I, and, I, and I get that. And then if, if you're going to go underrated, I would say a player that's probably going to be underrated in these ratings is probably going to be Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but I have the feeling that just because of the the just the 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 slander that people throw at him for his turnovers and his missed yeah. shots and the Thunder's disappointment in the playoffs, I have a feeling that 2K will give him maybe like a 92 or 93. Yeah, I have a feeling he's going to be a 95. Um, as far as overrated, and this is no disrespect to this guy at all because I think he's a good player, but I think his rating is too high, and that's Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is an 80 overall, and um, I usually kind of s- specify with my stuff like where where your ratings lie. If you're an 80 to 85 in that range to me, that means you're a perennial all-star. If you're a 75 to an 80 or like a 79, that means you're like a you're a very good role player that may be budding into a future star later 
But Jay Crowder is a little too high. I'll tell you one player that better not even be touching 85 overall, and that's LaMarcus Aldridge. Mm. If if he is anywhere close to 85 or over, that's overrated because I'm sorry, that was the biggest disappointment of any big man I've ever seen. He is softer than Charmin Ultra. Wow. And if his his toughness and his strength is not 40 or below overall in 2K ratings, then I don't know how we're going to be accurate with 2K. As, As far as underrated, I have to go with this because a lot of people were talking about this guy specifically. Derrick Rose is 78 this year. Uh, and, and now, mind you, I get Derrick Rose has some injury history, but I mean, he's still an effective basketball player when he's on the floor. I would have put him at least 81. That That's Derrick Rose for me, but I don't think you should have a world where Jay Crowder is a higher rated player than Derrick Rose. I think I think 2K rates all their players based on production, mm-hmm. so I'm okay with it, actually. Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder is a produced good last season. He did. Derrick Rose did not. Jay Crowder played a full season. Darryl Rose did not. not. Okay. I think it's fair. Toss it, Drew. Former Clemson wide receiver Sammy Watkins is now a Los Angeles Ram, and the Bills replaced him with Jordan Matthews from the Eagles. What are the Bills doing? Still making the playoffs. That's <laughs> no. the way I see it. Oh, stop. They're still making the, the playoffs. Bills? The Bills are still making the playoffs. I don't know, man. Make I just, a case for this, please, because I, I have, know. I just have that gonna, feeling, man. Where are you going to fit the Bills in in this AFC picture? I mean – who who is a guaranteed lock for you? Guaranteed lock for you specifically? The Patriots. The obviously. Patriots are locks. Obviously. Steelers. The Raiders are a lock. Mm, yes, yeah, Steelers. The Raiders. Steelers and Raiders are locks. Come on out. They are locks. Chiefs. Gotta be. Chiefs are close. The Chiefs, I think, are Chiefs, close. Chiefs I, think maybe, they, I don't think they may. I don't they, think they may get be third in. in that division. But between me, when I say this, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have a case where. The AFC South brings in two people. Texans and Titans, possibly. Texans and Titans. Both of them are yeah. making the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. So that takes up that's five spots that's already five, right five there. That's five spots right there. But you got between the Bills, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. What about the Dolphins? No, man. You can't throw in the Dolphins? They just signed Jay Cutler? Exactly why they're not making the playoffs. They just signed Jay Cutler. What about the that, ch- the Chargers? I mean, that that's oh, a get out good of defense, <laughs> a, a, a good and solid quarterback. The Chargers make five and eleven this year, man. I think nine and seven is a definite. There it's is definitely no can way. happen. I think the Dolphins can go eight and eight, nine and seven. I have the Bills going somewhere around seven and nine this year. The the Bills have enough talent on the team, and believe me when I say, if you ask me right now, who would you rather have, Tyrod Taylor or Jay Cutler? I'd probably still rather have Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod is a very underrated quarterback. Depending Tyrod, on the system, though, depending Ty- on the system that you're playing in, though. If Tyrod's a Bronco, they make the playoffs, no question. They probably win the division. Oh, I don't know about that. Come on yeah, now. Yeah, I'm oh, telling you. Oh, come What's on. What's the Broncos' biggest issue? They have no quarterback. What has Tyrod Taylor done in this league to honestly prove that he is a quarterback that can beat that He has a division? great arm and he's mobile, man. Come on. He... Great arm? Oh, my God. Great arm? Watch football, Cole. What was the Bills record last year? Oh, they tanked him. They didn't want him as the quarterback. Obviously, the ownership doesn't think that Tyrod has a great arm. The Bills are not. They're still making the playoffs, like I said. This is not the greatest trade specifically because, you know, why Wow, we got so off topic. This topic is about Sammy Watkins, and somehow we're talking about Tyrod Taylor. What are we saying? What are the Bills doing? That's the question. I I, I think they're doing what they normally do, and that's losing. (laughs) The Bills are going to lose like they normally do. Now, they're going to surprise us because I do think Tyrod Taylor is a good talent. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a very polished passer. Okay. I think LaShawn McCoy, 
very good talent. Absolutely. I think that defense, Marcel Darius is on that defense. You have some guys that are pretty talented on that yeah. defense. But that division, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna get two automatic L's from the Patriots. And you not could, necessarily, but keep going. You're gonna get two automatic losses from the Patriots. What if the Patriots? If the tank. Pa- unless they sit the last that's what two I'm saying. weeks like, of the season, yeah. that's the only way you get that. I mean, that's that counts. Didn't they beat them last year? They. I, I'm not actually they beat him in like yeah. week four. Yeah, I, I think they did beat him. Like exactly. That was before Tom Brady came but back they also the had they had Clay that's at, at, at the tight end position. They had Sammy Watkins at the wide receiver position. Jordan Matthews just got hurt yesterday. I mean, the Bills. It's just come on. That's one of the most snake bitten franchises in NFL history. I mean, this team is never going to really shine that much. And as, as far as the playoffs, go. I feel like they're making the playoffs. Correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they also have a new head coach? Yeah, Sean McDermott. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so so so, so let's so let's see this. So so you think the the Bills are going to make the, the playoffs? I think they can. Yeah, absolutely. So would you be willing to make a bet with the Bills versus three teams that I name? Okay. Dolphins. Yes, I'd bet on that. Chiefs. Kinda. Yeah, I feel like the Chiefs are about to go through a, a bad, bad period, and the reason why is because I don't think Andy Reid knows what he wants in his quarterback. I don't think he knows if he knows he's going to. Play Alex Smith or Patrick Mahomes. You know what? Take the Chiefs out. I'll go Dolphins, Chargers, and Colts. Those are my three teams. I think that would. Oh, get I give you the Bills over way. all three of them. You take the Bills over all three of those. All teams. three of them. Period. We're gonna work out a bet for this sometime after this. Yeah. And that is Daily Edge news. And now we're gonna Daily segue Edge. into our last and final topic of the day. We're talking about Ezekiel Elliott. Man, it's and you know what a touchy topic. I don't necessarily want to. You know, it's not. And again, I talked to you about this the other day when we had the show about you know Levar Ball and all what and and whatnot about the feminism and whatnot. You know, you don't want to talk about it, but at the same time, if you don't talk about it, you'll get hammered for it because you're like, okay, so you don't care about that. You don't think that's an issue. Absolutely care about it. Exactly, and and I think that it needs to be talked about and and. In this perspective. The reason I don't really I, – I don't like talking about subjects like these is because I have to talk them talk about them blind. I don't have all of the information specifically. Oh, yeah. Well, all obviously. I've known is what oh, I've sure. heard specifically. Um, Zeke Elliott suspended for six games, uh, which he will appeal, which I think – and I, I think he'll probably get reduced. Uh, I don't if, – if I'm being completely honest with you, I don't think the suspension is warranted. Hmm. Uh, I know. I it, it it it's hard because I I tend to think that this was not just about the domestic violence. I think this was okay. a cumulative thing. That what added else? Did up. You do? I mean, now mind you, once he again, pulled, he pulled the girl's top down. You know, in, in okay. In, now that's kind of ridiculous. I yeah, mean, that's, terrible. Th- that's that that wasn't okay. And then the nightclub incident that 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 added up what into happened? it. He he got in a fight with somebody and in a nightclub. It, it made a lot of commotion. There was like you know. It, okay. A lot of stuff happened. I think that this was an accumulative thing, and you had a lot of signs of immaturity out of Ezekiel Elliott, and then you had that come out about the domestic violence thing. And Roger Goodell said that if there's anything of the of domestic violence into it, it's six games automatically. Okay. Now Ray so, Rice, Ray Rice, and Josh Brown were were examples. I, I'll give you that. Those were not fair. The Ray Rice two games, Josh Brown one game. But the NFL was so embarrassed by the two games from Ray Rice after that video came out and then the Josh Brown incident where he leaked information of him coming out and saying, yeah, I beat my wife for 10 years, 10, 20 years after they spent terrible. one game. He got cut by the Giants, so I think that his justice was served for that. Okay. I, I think he definitely got what was coming to him. Where's Joe Mixon? That's the th- I, I, Again, 
this is that subject again. It, it's getting touchier and touchier as we start talking about it. I don't know. I don't know about the Joe Mixon thing, but I will say this. Roger, Roger Goodell has made it abundantly clear that when there is any domestic violence anywhere in your slate, it's six games. No debate. The six games is now the standard for suspension any domestic violence case. And really and truly, I don't think six games is enough. You're I think right. there should be a full season ban from football activities altogether for a football player. Yeah. Because this is my problem with society is what was the immediate reaction that we had after Ezekiel Elliott was suspended from the Cowboys? What was it? What are the Cowboys going to do moving forward for six games? We're not That's even, the last thing I thought about. No, but I, it may be what you have thought, but the first thing that popped up on my headlines was what is Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden going to do carrying the load in Ezekiel Elliott's absence? Fine. No, I'm saying that's the problem. I'm not. I'm not saying they're not going to do fine. I think they will be okay. Now that now yeah. now let's now let's. But that's what I'm be, saying. Like I, I I just my question is, in this is situation about the NFL, which if it comes out that you know there's evidence that shows yeah he was hitting a woman, then yeah, absolutely. My issue, my thing is, I feel like the NFL is making an example out of Ezekiel Elliott. I want to know what the NFL found out that the police didn't find. And, and especially especially in the case where I've heard so many pe- talking voices of people saying he kicked her out of a hotel room and she's just making him regret it. Yeah. Even though he didn't touch her. In fact, I think they he filed for like a was it I think he filed a restraining order against her? I can't remember. Something like that. Yeah. Look, I don't know. That may not be the case, but that's what I've heard. You said you think they're making an example of them. And, and you know what? They might be. Mm-hmm. And, and I think sometimes if you want to make a statement, you're going to have to do this. And I think what Roger Goodell wants to do is say, look, this is not going to be tolerated anymore. Yeah, it's not going to be tolerated, but if you're going to do it, you got to do it fairly. You get me? You're going you're gonna to give Ezekiel Elliott six games without knowing all maybe there's something you don't know but i mean if the police said that that nothing happened but you're going to give him six games but you've got video evidence of joe mixon yeah and you've got police evidence of dd westbrook and i don't i don't i don't think that that's over now i don't think that the joe mixon thing is necessarily over i think i heard still, a thing about it i think that under under the radar that is still an ongoing investigation i don't think that that case is necessarily What's over i don't think i don't think i'm just saying that i don't think the nfl is done touching on that i think that they will revisit that conversation because this is the problem that we have is these players this is suspension but what we're, what we're not worried about is how are they getting through this what is Ezekiel Elliott going to be doing the the 7 weeks that he's out from the cowboys is he going to be seeking treatment? Is he going to be getting counseling? Is yeah. he going to be serving some time? You know, maybe helping with the Domestic Violence Foundation and whatnot. You know, yeah. some of those, some of those, those places and whatnot. Like, what is he going to do to get his help? Because so much time we see these players get suspended, or when we say them, you know, get fined or whatnot, our automatic thought is, well, how is this going to affect the team moving forward? We don't think about the player and how we're going to help him moving forward. And I'm concerned not about the Cowboys, even though I do think, I will go ahead and throw my two cents out on this, that they will struggle in the first six games because the Cowboys play four of some of the best defenses in football. Who are they playing? 
their first six games. They have the Broncos on that schedule. They have the Cardinals on that schedule. Yeah. The Giants on that schedule. They have a bunch of teams that play really, really good defense. Mm-hmm. So I think they will struggle with, with, with without Ezekiel Elliott. But that's not the conversation I want to have. I want to know is what is Ezekiel Elliott going to do moving forward? Is he going to become a better person and stop with these off-the-field issues? Because we see it all the time. We saw it when he's at Ohio State arguing with Urban Meyer about his carries on the field, just showing all this immaturity. Then he comes to the, the Jerry's world, and now it's his kingdom. He's ruling it. He's out there pulling girls' tops down and getting involved with domestic violence cases, and he's flirting with all that other stuff. And, and it's just it just doesn't add up to a healthy lifestyle in the NFL. You have got to get your life under wraps if you're a Absolutely. And if he did it, then he needs to be suspended, no question. And I agree and I agree with your point. I would like to know what the evidence is the NFL has. And I don't think it's done. I think the NFL will not just release that the it. NFL has, but that the authorities but don't. But here's have. the thing. This investigation's been going on for over a year now. Yeah. So wouldn't you think if the NFL didn't have enough evidence to make the suspension, the other party would have already yeah. came out and released the fact that there's no evidence? Well, Here's here is there was a letter I, released. I, I've got a letter released, and this is where race becomes an issue as well. Uh, it says that Elliot received the suspension stemming from domestic violence allegations levied by his former girlfriend Tiffany Thompson, who apparently threatened to ruin his career, according to documents obtained by the Dallas Star Telegram. Among the exchanges between the two that Elliot is going to use as a defense is a conversation on July 22, 2016, in which Elliot was 100% sure that Thompson told him, you are a black male athlete, I'm a white girl, they are not going to believe you. If that happened... And see, and, and look, again, I'll say if that evidence comes out, and I don't know how they can prove that, you know, if that's true, then I'm with you 100%. But this is the thing. What it comes down to is, did you hit the woman or did you not hit her? Because whether she's white, black, or Latino, if you hit a woman, you hit a woman. Absolutely. It's not okay. It doesn't matter it, if, no, if I'm you're not white, saying black, it or isn't. Latino. I'm not. And I'm with you. I get you. I'm saying, though, if you're Ezekiel Elliott... It doesn't matter what her intentions are of getting your money or, or, or whatever you're talking about, getting you suspended or you know, blackballing your name, whatever, whatever have you. Yeah. If you hit the woman, you hit her. So that's all the evidence I need. I don't need this evidence. I don't need the evidence to prove if she did this on purpose or not. If he hit her, it doesn't matter what her intentions are. Facts. He hit her. If, he, if they can prove that he did not hit her, then this is the conversation I want to have. Okay. But if... Until we know for sure if he hit or not, and that's the only conversation I want to have is, did you hit a woman or did you not? Because at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. Absolutely. And if he hit her, then suspension, no question. Absolutely no question. And I don't think six games is enough, and I will remain on that stance. I do not think think that six games is enough. I don't care if you're the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers or Patriots. I don't care if you're the third-string running back for the Seattle Seahawks. You should be banned for football for a, at least a year, okay. at least, and just and have to work your way in society yeah. and go and pay your dues somehow. Yeah. Because if me or you did that, we wouldn't get suspended for six games. Oh, we're going to prison. We're going to prison. So I'm just saying we, we have to have we ha- this has to there has to be a line that we have to find for these athletes because it's getting completely out of control. Yeah. When it comes down to it, this isn't just for athletes. This is for everybody as a whole. When it comes down to it, you should never lay your hands on a woman yeah. unless your life is in danger. 
That's the that's the only way. Like if if a woman has a gun and she's about to shoot you, that's the only exception. And hopefully that that, that yeah. will never that happen. Will never happen. Hopefully that will never but, happen. But yeah, but I mean, if, you know, you're, if your life is not in danger, there's no excuse in the world you yeah, should ever no lay your hands on a woman. I agree. No so excuse. my question is, do you think he hit her? Barring the behavior that I have seen from Ezekiel Elliott and the immaturity that I have seen, I would not put it past that he did hit her. And I, I think that if, if if it's spent us, if we have spent a year in this investigation, I have to believe that he did hit her. Okay. I just do not. I I cannot believe that we would have spent a year on a subject if we could say, yeah, he didn't hit her. You tell me it took you a year to say, yeah, he didn't hit her. If she if he didn't. I just, I, I just, I can't, I can't think it that way. I, I have to think that if he didn't, if he, if he was innocent, it would not have taken a year for us to prove this. Okay. I, I just, I, that, that's just my feeling about it. So I think he did hit her. I think all these guys that have been charged with domestic violence. I mean, obviously we've seen the video of Ray Rice, Joe Mixon, you know, Hardy and Josh Brown. Ridiculous. Their man. behavior has and, and the NFL it. screwed up on every one of those cases. By the way, they have, and that's why I say that's why they made sure they got this one right. Okay. And I hope that one day we can see that they prove it right. But I think that for the safety of the NFL's image, they had to make sure that they did not get this one wrong, because they have gotten so many things wrong with the Tom Brady suspension of four games. You know, everybody, everybody's like, "Where's the evidence on that?" Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we don't need him. That was kind of once again that Tom Brady has been suspended for that. But then again, we saw him delete all that. We saw him get rid of the phone. So obviously, there was some suspicion there. I'm just saying when you when you flirt with these and you associate with this kind of behavior, that leads us to lean to it. Ezekiel Elliott has flirted with this kind of behavior and associated himself with immaturity and kind of this wild behavior. So I, I that's why I just can't put it past it. Okay. And I think that's all that needs to be said. So, Alex, again, I'm I'm so glad you came on the show today. Man, anytime. You know I love coming. You on. always bring great content to this. Yeah. Drew Warren, our our great producer, he always he's the show behind the show. You know, me and Alex are just you know, <laughs> chopping it up, but Drew's back there. You know, working everything, working everything back there, trying to make sure it runs smoothly. But thank you for joining us today on Off the Edge. We will be back on Thursday as we'll talk more about football as it gets closer. We're getting closer to the Mayweather McGregor fight. We'll talk more about that. But we have a lot coming up, including. Who is going to win the conferences of all these college football? The college football is coming up. we got to talk about who's going to win the conferences. We'll weigh in on that. We'll get the power ranks for all that. That coming up on Thursday. Join us then at 2 o'clock.